like uh, you guys are right there in the mix where you where you want to be, I suppose. Um, just uh, just tell us how it's gone so far for you guys. The start went uh, went really well. The car balance was good. We have a lot of potential in the car. And uh, now that we've gone through all four drivers and have had enough cautions to change some parts and pieces on the car, we've realized the significance um, and, dam and the damage that was done to our car when the 01 got in the back of us um, when Jose was in the car. So uh, fixing that was worth a big chunk of speed, and then we noticed there was some damage to the nose, changed the nose, and the car was probably a second and a half faster um, after that last caution when I was in the car and we were able to change the front and the rear. So, um, I feel like there's a lot more potential back in the car, um, and, and hopefully we're, we're right back on pace where we need to be. Questions for Jimmy? Start with Nate, go to Jordan. Jimmy, uh, can you take us through the, the incident there where the, the GT car went off and then you had to go around, like, take us through all that? Yes, we pitted and was able to change the, the rear and then the, the nose the next time. Um, so I, I didn't have a lot of time to catch up, so I wasn't all the way up to the DPI class. Track goes green. Um, had some pretty hairy moments down the front straightaway trying to sneak by on the wall. And uh, once we came out of turn one, working our way through two, there was just dirt and dust everywhere. And um, I could see some taillights and I turned right to miss the taillights and then I realized I was out in the grass. Um, saw one of those signs go by and then my vision opened up and I could see where the road was and thankfully there wasn't a car sitting out there or anything hard to hit. Um, I don't think the temperatures or anything went up, and it looks like the dive planes are still on the front. So, just a, a hairy moment was all. Is, is that the closest you've had to maybe just losing completely? And like, what's it feel when you're on the grass there? Like, you just is it just a matter of like you just let go of everything and just hope for the best? Or um, in the beginning, I didn't know what to expect. That's probably one of the few times I've been in the dirt, and I couldn't believe how much dirt the nose shoveled up over the front of the car, um, and how bad my vis my visibility was. Uh, plus, being behind other cars that were out there. Um, but it, it drove decent in the dirt. I was surprised. I expected to go spinning, and I didn't. So I, with how cold it is and any moisture in the grass, you know, it had been slick, but it drove through there okay. Jordan? Oh, Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, Athletic. Um, is this the most comfortable you felt in, in this car since, you know, last year or this year? Yeah, for sure. You know, each rep I get, I'm so new to these cars. Um, you'd think in endurance racing that you'd get a ton of laps, and ton of time and I think I got five laps of practice before the race started so uh, luckily I was in the car for the race last weekend and, and you know at 22 laps and at that point but um, you really don't get seat time until it's race time and then if you're not on pace um, you're, you're, you get pulled early it's just so competitive in the DPI class that last year I wasn't close enough to earn more drive time um, we just kind of hit the minimum and get me out and this year um, you know, I, I seem to be on pace and certainly Petit I think Petit was the first time that uh, they asked me if I wanted to stay in longer, where I kind of earned earned more time in the car. So, uh, worked my way to it. I was wondering if you'd watch the start of the race and with your teammate uh, Kamui, who had made some you know, bold moves on the racetrack and maybe kind of upset some other drivers, and what your impressions of that were. Yeah, I mean, I think some of us think it's bold, and you talk to him, and he's <laughs> fully in control and thinks it's fine. Uh, and I, I think that. You know, we all have a style on the track and how we race, and, and people uh, know when he's coming, and then usually leaving the room, so he's going to take it. Um, but uh, he did a great job to get to the front, and he didn't touch anybody, but we got hit, so uh, it, was, it was good racing. Has it been difficult getting the tires up to temps as it's gotten colder? Yeah, for sure. Um, I need to study my outlap to see how far I was off. I assume I was too cautious. 
and I think that's an area just in general I need to improve, even on a 80 degree day, just trying to turn the tires on and knowing I can get max brake and max max grip through the turn. Um, and tonight just makes it, just takes away the little bit of confidence I've earned over the last <laughs> year. It just evaporates it. It's really tough. Go to Holly. Jimmy, you've got about 10 starts in this race overall in your career. Could you just talk about how you can't necessarily guarantee you can go into a race thinking this is what you're going to do and this is how it's going to be and just how different they all are. The circumstances change and just what that's like. Yeah, they really do. I mean, if it's weather, mechanics. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. Technical issues, speed, whatever it might be, um, there's just so many variables thrown at each team, and in you know, the nine times I've been here, it's, it's all been different, each one. I'm thankful it's not raining. I think that would be, be tough for me. I haven't been in the wet since literally I raced here the last time in the wet in 2007 or 8, somewhere in that, that time frame. So that would have been hard on me. Um, but, you know, the uh, the ups and downs of the race, you just never know what's going to happen. I know the 10 car was down a couple of laps, and you know, they're guaranteed they'll be back on the lead lap fight for this thing in the end. They, they do what they what we all know they're capable of. So just just a wild race. And I remember being a young kid in San Diego in the IMSA series would come to uh, Del Mar uh, racetrack and had a track set up there. I remember watching uh, uh, Bobby Rahal win that race, big cool mustache, uh, I think he had a beer sponsor on the car or something, but that was my first time to see a prototype car up close 
and that was the moment where I was like, man, I want to drive these cars. Someday I want to race them. And that really kind of got my got me interested in it, and then I was able to explore it and, and start coming here. Is that part of the allure for you and why you want to be in it? Because every time is different, and, and you don't know what you're going to. Yeah, I really do enjoy that part of it. Um, and then I think the type of training I do and just my mindset, the longer the event, the better I do. And I just feel like endurance racing fits my, my natural style. Yep. Over here. Jimmy, over here. So, a couple questions for you. First one, you've obviously raced here dozens and hundreds of times. In fact, is this the coldest it's ever been, and how is that affecting you? I think so. I don't remember it ever being in the 30s here. It's cold. Um, we all complain sitting outside on the pit box, you know, time and sand, they call it the sport. Um, in the car, it, it actually was cold enough where I turned off all the fans and just wanted it to finally get warm in there. <laughs> My feet were really cold, but everything else finally got warm. Um, so when it's when it's cold in the car and you're turning fans off, I think that's a good sign. It's so cold it is. Another one for you. You probably didn't see the news, and it's also not really racing related. Tom Brady reports that he is uh, retiring. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. he hasn't announced it. No, no, no. Are saying no. That. no. ESPN reported he's retiring, but I saw before I got in the car and I kept checking. Yeah. And it's, it's not the yeah. person that are there on site. Brady's father says it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> well, I'll be ready the next time I come in if, if he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No surprises. Go ahead, Jenna. Jimmy, I'm wondering, in addition to how much more comfortable you are, um, how much more comfortable is the entire 48 program? Yeah, we're, we're in such a better position. And last year, we knew we had a great driver lineup and a fast car, but we thought it was a one-race program. And to have full-time employees working on the car and the program um, just wasn't in the cards. And then it was the first time to integrate Hedrick Motorsports in, Chad Canals and some of the other guys that have come to go over the wall. So to have a year under our belt, and, and more importantly, know that we're all committed to this program for the endurance championship, just helps us get things in place. In regular pit stop practices, uh, our mechanics that HMS provides, you know how to change the brakes now. Uh, you know they're really integrated into the race team, and we're stronger on all levels. Is it strange to you um, being in the 48 program, and then all those Ganassi guys are over there, and you're racing against them? Yeah, my engineer is engineering one of those cars. Um, my crew chief is over there, so it, it is different. Um, I guess it was last Friday, I went to dinner with everybody and, and hung out with Ganassi guys, so um, wearing two hats at times, but certainly want to kick their butts here this weekend. And lastly, when do you think you'll make a decision about Sebring? As soon as we know all the hard facts. You know, it seems to be ever-changing. In, um, in Texas? In, in Texas, yeah. yes. And my priority certainly would be to uh, for the IndyCar program. Thank you. Yep. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network.